Thank you for joining us again this morning. I'm glad to be back with you. My name is Gregory Baines. I'm on staff here at FBC Keller. We're going to look at Isaiah 58 this morning. Last week, we looked at Isaiah 53 and the promise of the suffering servant. We saw prophecy of how Jesus, who we know to be the servant, would be crucified and take the wrath of God in our place. Um, Then chapters 54 through 56, which we haven't looked at, I'll summarize briefly, are full of hope and promise after the promise of the servant of God's restoration for Israel, how he's going to bless those who follow him. And then chapter 7 is a rebuke of false and evil men of Israel. Verse 3 actually calls them sons of sorceresses, adulterers, and prostitutes. Um, So not not a good flattering um, speech there about those evil men. Um, And then this is obviously in reference to their their idol worship, how they had um, prostituted themselves and committed adultery um, metaphorically on God with these idols. And then we see here in, in verse 11 of chapter 57, him talking about that. It says, Of whom were you worried and fearful when you lied and did not remember me? This is God speaking. Nor give me a thought. Was I not silent even for a long time, so you do not fear me? I will declare your righteousness and your deeds, but they will not profit you. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. But the wind will carry all of them up, and a breath will take them away. But he who takes refuge in me will inherit the land and will possess my holy mountain. And and that's where the passage has a shift. It feels like that that the one who takes refuge in God will inherit the land. And, And then 14 through 19 is, again, this this promise of hope, and we see God's faithfulness here, even to those who are unfaithful. Let's read that together, 57, 14, and it will be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstacle out of the way of my people. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry, for the spirit would grow faint before me and the breath of those whom I have made. Because of the iniquity of his unjust gain, I was angry and struck him. I hid my face and was angry, and he went on turning away in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and to his mourners, creating the praise of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is far and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. So this is God's faithfulness, even when we see disobedience and and a turning of their heart away from the Lord. God um, will not be angry forever, but he will restore and and he will um, be merciful and and faithful. And um, this is some context for us as we Go to Isaiah chapter 58, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 12 today. So go ahead and grab your Bible, turn to Isaiah 58, and while you're turning there, let me pray for us for our study today. Father, thank you that we can open your word um, and see what you had to say to your children Israel. Uh, Lord, we want to understand what you said to them and what you meant, and we want to know more of who you are, and then... Lord, we want to be able to take your word and apply it to our lives rightly and to be doers of it and not just hearers. 
So I ask for grace and mercy this morning as we look at your word. Would you help us to understand it and to live it? In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's read Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 12. Cry loudly, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways. As a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinance of their God, they ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. Why have we fasted and you do not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? Behold, on the day of your fast you find your desire and drive hard all your workers. Behold, you fast for contention and strife and to strike with a wicked fist. You do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast like this which I choose, a day for a man to humble himself? Is it for bowing one's head like a reed and for spreading out sackcloth and ashes as a bed? Will you call this a fast, even an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast which I choose, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery will speedily spring forth and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. And if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. And you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. Now, that's a lot, and um, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read um, Old Testament kind of poetic writing, I have to read it a few times to understand it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go back through, and we're going to break it down um, a few verses at the time we'll We'll read one through three first and see um, how this passage breaks down. But but just to kind of help you understand, first let's see we we see the people's fast that they fasted um, and and prayed and and put on sackcloth and ashes, which all sounds very good. And then verses four through five, we see God rejects their fast, and instead in six through twelve, God calls them to a righteous fast and, and rewards them. Um, will give them rewards for their, their righteousness there. So um, we're going to walk back through it and kind of look at it. Let's look first at the people's fast in Isaiah 58, 1 through 3. Cry loudly, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet, trumpet and declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinance of their God. They ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. Why have we fasted and you do not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? Behold, on the day of your fast, you find your desire and drive hard all your workers. So 
the people were told of their sins and their transgressions, and they fasted, which is a good thing, something described by God as a godly discipline for us today. But God didn't accept their fast. He, he almost mockingly says, but they um, seek me and, and they um, act like they're a nation, in verse 2, that has done righteousness and has not forsaken what I've commanded in obedience. Um, and so they presume upon God's answer when they're, when they're not walking in obedience. Now, in the pagan idol worship that was around the Israelites at this time, there was a big emphasis on, on the show, the big offering, um, and not a lot of emphasis on daily living. So what these pagans would do is would come and make a big offering to their God to, to give them um, wealth for the following year. So here's my wealth, and, and you pagan God, give, give me wealth. And of course, those gods can't hear because they're not real. Um, but then they would do things like mutilate themselves and other evil pagan practices, and that's where we see temple prostitutes and such, and, and it was all a big show to try and get the God's attention. And, and I can't help but think that some of this thinking had crept into the Israelites as they went to fast for before the Lord, like, hey, God, we're putting on sackcloth and ashes, and we're making this big thing you've said we need to fast and humble ourselves, and we've seen it in the past. Um but, but they have refused to obey the command of the Lord that they know. And this is why um, God rejects their fast. We see in, in verse 4, Behold, you fast for contention and strife and to strike with a wicked fist. You do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on, on high. He says they're fasting um, for contention and strife and to strike with a wicked fist and wickedness here. So this is not an acceptable fast to the Lord because it's a fast of hypocrisy. God then proceeds um, to tell them in verse 6 and 7 what the fast he desires looks like. Let's read that together. Verse 6, is this not the fast which I choose, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house when you see the naked to cover him? and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. See, the Israelites said, okay, we're going to fast, but we are going to work our workers and oppress them, and um, we're not going to give them anything and take care of the poor. And and these were things that God had clearly um, commanded back in um, Exodus and Deuteronomy and even Leviticus for the Israelites to practice. And so instead of walking in obedience, they asked God, if we just give you this big show, will you bless us? Will you hear us? And, and God says, no, absolutely not. This is what I want. This is the fast I desire for you to walk in obedience. And then God promises blessing on that. Let's read verses 8 through 12. Then your light will break out like the dawn, and your recovery will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. What a statement that God's glory would guard us from the rear, guard them from the rear. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. Then the fast will be acceptable, right? Only at that point when they walk in obedience, when they stop doing the things that God has commanded them not to do, will God bless them and hear them and answer. And he says in the second half of verse 9, if you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, and you give yourself... To the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted. Then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday, and the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire 
in scorched places and give strength to your bones and you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins and you will raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. So God lets the Israelites know, hey, if you walk in obedience and do what I've commanded you, then I will hear your cry and I will answer. I will bless you. I will restore your people. Give of yourself to the needy. Give to the afflicted. Take care of your neighbor. Um, I'm reminded of the great commandment, which is first to love the Lord your God. Um, And Jesus said, hey, if you love him, you'll keep his commands. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's how another way we show our love for the Lord is by loving our neighbor. And the Israelites had failed in this, so God wasn't interested in their fasts um, of hypocrisy. And this is a thing that God hates, is a hypocrite. Now, he is very patient with the Israelites here to call them back. Hey, listen, is what basically God says. This is what you're doing. You're trying to fast. You act like this. I want you to obey and then call out on my name, and I will answer and hear you. I think this is true not just for the Israelites, but for us as well today. So here's our, our application. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I have definitely heard people and, and counseled people who say, I, I just need an answer from the Lord, or I just don't feel like God's listening or hears me, and they are not walking in obedience. One of the questions I ask, ask her, well, are you reading your Bible? No, I haven't read my Bible in a long time. Are you obeying God and in, in, in tithing and, and, or giving? Um, and no, I haven't really done that. And, and we see, well, why would, why would God want to answer you and you need an answer here? You're not seeking God in the little things. Why do you think he would answer here in this big thing? So um, application for us today is to ask that question of ourselves. Are we seeking some kind of answer or sign from God without seeking to obey what God has called us to? Um, if we're not loving our neighbor, if we're not in God's word, seeking him, trying to walk in obedience and, and living by faith and doing everything we know to be God's will and obedience, um, and then quickly repenting when we fail, why would God hear our cry? Um, so for us, are, are we seeking that? And one, if we are, let's stop and obey and then seek the Lord. And then two, uh, do you love your neighbor? I think this is Again, not just a New Testament idea. Clearly, God was concerned um, with the Israelites loving one another, and this is what marks the church now today, um, that we love, have love for the brethren. So um, these are our points of application before we try and humble ourselves in some major way or make a big show to the Lord in worship or in sacrifice or we give this huge offering. I can kind of buy God's favor. All of that is, is a lie. God wants us to walk in obedience and, and faithfulness, and he will hear and answer our cry because he's with us, and he gives us grace to do that. So let's pray for, for that grace right now. Father, we know that you desire for us to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly before you. And so we pray um, that you would keep us from this temptation to put on the big show and, and to try and um, not care how we live, and then make a big act to earn your favor. God, we know that you are, are concerned with the relationship with us and want us daily to seek you and to walk in obedience to you and, and, and pray. And God, thank you that you give us your spirit um, 
to walk with us daily in your word, that we can know who you are and, and the privilege to pray in Jesus who intercedes for us in heaven. Um, thank you that you are giving us grace to walk in obedience and we pray for more grace for that this week. Help us not to be like these Israelites, um, but instead to love our neighbor and to love you. In Jesus' name, amen.